0: Om Shanno Mitrasyam Varunaha Shanno Bhavatvaryama shanna Indra Vruhaspatihe Shanno Vishnururukramaha Namo Brahmane Namaste Vaya Tvameva Pratyaksham Brahmasi Tvami vapratyakshambhram avadishyami, rtam avadishyami, satyam avadishyami, tanma (coughs) mavadu, tadvaktaram avadu, avakmaam avatuvaktaram, Shantishantishanti Om Sahana Vavadu Sahana Bhunatu Sahavir Yankar Shanti 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 Om Yas Chanda Samrishabhavishwarupaha Chanda Bhya tasya devadharana bhuyasam shariram me vicharshanam jishwa me madhumattama karnam bhure visruvam brahmanakoshe smedhaya me gopaya Shante 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 Om Aham Raksasya Riva Kirte Prashthangir Sumedha Amrita Kshidaha Ititra Saṃkhaur Vedānu Vachanam Shanti 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 Om Poornam Adap Poornam Idham Poornat Poornam Dachyade Puranasya Purana Madhaya Purana Meva Vashashyade Om Shant 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 Shhrutismriti Purana Nam Ala Namami Bhagavat Pada Shankaram Loka Shankaram Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Bhadarayanam Sutra Bhashya Kruta Vande Bhagavanam 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 Dakshinamurthaye namaham Akhandam Satchidanandam Akhandam Satchidanandam Manasa Gocharam Avang Manasa Gocharam Atmanam Akhiladharam Atmanam Akhiladharam Āśraye bhīṣṭa siddhye Ārthato pyadvaya nandāna Ārthato pyadvaya nandāna Āthi tadvaita bhāna daha Guru na Guru na Sāram vakṣye yathāmade Saram Asa Jeevan Mukta Lakshanam Ucchade Now I started the discussion of Lakshanam, the characteristic of Jivan Mukta. This is the Krama or the sequence that is followed in discussion. First is Shravanam, or uh, the unfoldment of the truth. Then Manam, discussing or um, reviewing any kind of questions and doubts that may be there. Then they discuss the Sadhanam, the means, as it was done here, for example the Ashtanga Yoga, Manana, Nididhyasara, Ashtanga Yoga. And finally they discuss the Phalam, the result, namely, so Brahma Sutra also has a skrama. Brahma Sutra has four chapters. The first chapter is called Samanvaya Adhyaya, wherein the uh, Sutra-kara shows the consistency of all the Upanishads and uh, deals with the vision of the Upanishads, namely Jiva, Brahma, Aikyam, <coughs> that all the Upanishads seek to reveal that the Self is Brahman. That is primary subject matter of the first chapter. Second chapter is called Avirodha Dhyaya, meaning that whatever the Upanishads reveal does not contradict our experiences and does not contradict anything. And wherever we find contradictory opinions, and that it is because of fault of their thinking, and, this and then shows therefore that Jiva Brahma Ikhya, the identity of Jiva and Brahma is revealed by Upanishads, is consistent with our life's experiences and everything <coughs> then thirdly is sadhana adhyaya, discusses all the written sadhanam, the means and fourthly phala is jivan mukti so that kind of a krama or order also has been followed here so the author in this last section now discusses jivan mukta said in the passage 217 jivan mukta nama swasrupa akhanda brahma jnana, द्वारा so द्वारा स्वस्तरुग अखंड The one who is Jivan है, or the liberated while living is brahmanistha. One who abides in Brahman, meaning who abides in the knowledge that the Self is Brahman, because everyone abides in Brahman. Self of everywhere is Brahman, because Self is Brahman. And everybody abides in the Self also, except that this knowledge is not there that I am Brahman. And therefore, one who abides in this knowledge, when this knowledge is released from all the obstacles, obstacles of ignorance, obstacles of doubts, obstacles of the error, vagueness, all these obstacles are removed, then there is what we call an abidance in knowledge. So, abidance, again, is something that is natural. Some obstacles only keep the mind distracted from the self. That mind would naturally abide in the self, because self is the source of all the happiness, so mind will naturally abide where the happiness is. But some obstacles distract the mind. And that obstacle is what we call adhyaropa, the superimposition. The notion of taking this body to be the Self, that's that's why the mind is distracted, focused upon the non-Self. And then various doubts and whatever. So when these obstacles are removed, then the mind naturally abides in the Self. So when mind abides in the knowledge that I am Brahman, that is Brahmanishtaha, he is Chivanmuktaha, he is liberated while living. <coughs> Because Akhila Bandharahitaha Why is called Mukta liberated? Akhila Bandharahitaha is free from all the bondage We discussed yesterday what is the nature of bondage Bondage is this this complex on my part That I am the doer I am enjoyer I am happy I am unhappy This complex is that arise On account of identification with non-self is what we call the bondage Akhila Bandharahitaha and therefore one who is free from all these complexes. So that is, as we said yesterday, it is these complexes alone which, which torment us. Complex of inferiority or superiority. Complex of uh, looking down upon oneself or, look, or looking highly, you know, upon oneself. So however it is that complex about the self is the source of all the unhappiness, is free from all complexes and therefore he is free because bondage is these various complexes how come does it mean that he doesn't have body does it mean that he doesn't have mind does it mean that he doesn't come across the he doesn't have anything to do with the world says no vāsitattva sanchita karma samsaya on account of destruction of all the products of ignorance. Ignorance and the products of ignorance, which is what created what we call the samsara ajnana sanchita karma Now this, this matter of karma or the action is, as you know from tattva Vodha and all the texts, that karma is primarily divided into three categories. Karma means action. Sanchita Karma, agami Karma and Prarabdha Karma. So all the karmas which are accumulated in all the past births are called Sanchita Karma. Sanchita means accumulated. Chi means to accumulate or collect. Sanchita, chita, that which is collected. Sanchita, very well collected. So Sanchita means collected or accumulated actions. And actions are performed only in the human life deliberate when we when say karma by karma of action we mean a deliberate action you know human being is capable of performing deliberate actions because as best as we know other forms of in other forms of life there are no deliberate actions there are just instinctive actions for me, there is no kartrutva or the premeditation there is no premeditation or a resolve or a will involved in, in, in when other life forms perform actions But a will is involved when a human being performs actions. Therefore, all willfully and deliberately performed actions, whether they are physical, oral or mental, they fall in the category of karma. And whenever an action is performed, it must give rise to a result. Whatever is action, when I entertain certain thoughts deliberately, also that is an action, and also creates a result. That's the reason why, the uh, the recommendation that we maintain a, a flow of good thoughts, positive thoughts, because that is an action. And actions we perform the level of speech, actions we perform the level of the body. All these actions create corresponding karmaphala or the results, and all these results add up. Part of these results are exhausted as karmaphala in this life, and rest of them accumulate in this. This accumulated karma, the results of the action, is called sanjita karma. and there must be a huge storage of this karma in the name of everyone. Because we say that this jiva has been assuming embodiments from the time beginningless, and thus he must have passed through also countless human embodiments as well. So there are supposed to be 88.4 million species through which it, it's a soul passes, you know. Although human form is one. But anyway, if you say that this process is going on from the time beginning less than, how many times I must have taken birth constantly? This process of birth and death is going on, and that process of taking different embodiments, I'm sure that even the human embodiments also have been taken any number of times. Because the rule is, that even if a person performs what we call, is a sinner, let us say, then also there is no permanent condemnation here that he takes birth in some of the lower species and then there that is where the pain is predominant and that is how he exhausts away his papa karma or this sinful actions and again becomes free and is born as a human being when there is what we call a certain combination of good and bad action, Papa and Punya. So predominantly Punya Karma the soul gets birth in the higher unions where there is pleasure. Predominantly papa karma, he gets birth in lower unions where there is pain. And a mixture of papa and punya, he gains birth as human being where there is both pleasure and pain. And this, this balance keeps going on. It is like this, that if I have committed an offense, well, I am sent to prison where I serve a certain term. And that is how The uh, the effect of the offense is exhausted, and I come out free. Or if I've done something good, I'm awarded, and then that that is also a recognition of something good that I do. So thus, in this life, also we find that good actions bear good results, and evil actions bear evil results. But once you experience or go through the experience of those results, you become free from that, and thus. Uh, again and again every jiva keeps on coming to the human form. Even when one is born as an animal, then also after exhausting those karmas comes back to this form. That is how it works. We have been saying that whatever be the predominant tendencies, they manifest themselves at a given point in time and result in a certain birth. And so, as the predominant bad tendencies are, they keep on manifesting, the jiva keeps assuming those lower forms but when those bad tendons are exhausted away, then again the good tendencies is manifest and he comes back as a human being and so this is how the human forms keeps on coming and as human being everyone must have performed countless actions and thus there is what we call a storage of sanchita karma or all accumulated actions all that is a product of ignorance naturally because actions are performed by what we call ego Ego means an individual who is a product of ignorance and therefore the Sanchita karma itself is a product of ignorance. So, so it is a Ajnana Takkari Sanchita karma. Ignorance and the product of the ignorance is a sense of doership. That sense of doership brings about what we call deliberate actions. And those deliberate actions result into accumulated actions, what we call Sanchita karma, which is a product of ignorance. When ignorance goes, the sanctity karma also go along with it. Samshaya, <clears throat> various doubts are created, naturally. Constantly there are doubts in the mind. So, these doubts are also product of ignorance, naturally. Because if my mind was clear, there would have been no doubts at all. So, the immediate effect of the, the knowledge is that all the doubts are dispelled. So, all the doubts are also gone. Viparyaya, viparyaya. means what we call error. Lehapa taking the body to be the self, which is the error. And that also is a product of ignorance. So, ajñāna takkāre sanchita karma, samsha viparyaya dhvinal vāsitattva. And whatever else are the products of that, the rāga, dvesha, and whatever likes, dislikes, and all of these are the subsequent products of ignorance. When the ignorance goes, all of these also go. Therefore, these are the things that bind him, the sanchita karma, make him born again and again, he is free from that. The doubts keep on again uh, unsettling his mind. The viparita buddhi, viparita buddhi means the, the taking the body of self, that also keeps on uh, making his mind run towards the sensuous gratification. So this Sanchita Karma which keeps on making, I mean, keeps on making him take the birth again and again, the doubts which keep on unsettling his mind, and this Viparita Buddhi or the, the habitual error which makes his mind run after the sense pleasures, all of these are products of ignorance and they are what we call the samsara. When ignorance goes, all of this goes away. There is no Viparita Buddhi, meaning I know that the self is self and the body is non-self. I know the world for what it is. And therefore, there is no false evaluation of the world. I know the world for what it is. And therefore, I don't run after the things, I don't run after the happiness where it is not. And I don't react to the world as it is a source of unhappiness, which also it is not. And so when the viparita buddhi goes away, the mind is settled. When the doubts are gone away, mind is settled. When the sanjita karma is gone away, there is no further scope of birth, etc. And that is how this person is released from all the samsara, all the bondage. Bhagita tvat. Akhilabandarahito brahmanishtaha. How is the ignorance gone? Says, svasaruga akhanda brahmani sakshatra The ignorance of the self is gone. Sakshatra When one directly sees svasaruga, akhanda brahmani that brahma which is indivisible and one non-dual brahman is myself so sakshat when that knowledge is uh, when that fact becomes immediate then the ignorance of the self is gone and the ignorance of everything is gone and the products of ignorance are gone bondage is gone and the person becomes free <coughs> so Bondage being the product of ignorance and ignorance is gone by knowledge and therefore one becomes free from this bondage. How, how is the knowledge, how does the knowledge take place? Tat Because of the removal of the ignorance. So far there was ignorance of the self and when the ignorance is gone then the knowledge is there. Tad How? By the knowledge of my own nature, which is Brahma, the ignorance of the self is gone, the products of ignorance are gone, and that is how one becomes free. So, Jivan Mukta This is called Jivan Mukta In short, the liberated person is the one in whom the ignorance of the self is destroyed on account of the knowledge of the self. As it is, and since the bondage, as we discussed in Panchatashya also yesterday, that what is called bondage is nothing but Brahma. The Dukkita, that I am Dukkhi, that I am unhappy, this is bondage. In fact, the Atma is Asangha. And therefore, the Adve, Ananda and Asangha Atma has nothing to do with Dukkha. And still, one takes oneself to be Dukkhi or unhappy, and this notion alone is bondage. So that notion goes away, bondage goes away. Thus, as we were also discussing yesterday, the moksha, the liberation, also is not in Atma. If the bondage is not in the Self, liberation also is not in the Self. But then liberation is the idea that dispels the notion of bondage. Since bondage is notional, what we call moksha, the liberation, is that which dispels that notion. And what was free, who was free, becomes free, (coughs) discovers himself as free. Jivataha purushasya, karkaritva, bhogaritva, sukha dukha lakshano, akhilo chit dharma, saklesha upatva, bandhobhavati, says here, Purushaha purushasya, the person who is alive, karkaritva, bhogaritva, sukha dukha lakshano, chit dharma, in the mind there is karkaritva the doership, bhogaritva the enjoyership, sukha the happiness, Dukkha dan happiness, all of these are the attributes of the mind. Sahat klesha bandho and all of this is causing one constant pain and identification of that mind is the bondage. One who is free from this identification with the mind, and of course, mind itself is rid of these impurities. is nishta here means and Brahman. <coughs> and this is supported here by a statement from the shuti which is said in the passage 218 विद्यते हृदयग्रंथिः विद्यते हृदयग्रंथिः क्षिद्यन्ते Sarvasamsayaha, क्षिद्यन्ते Sarvasamsayaha, क्षीयन्ते चस्य कर्माणि क्षीयन्ते चस्य कर्माणि तस्मिन् दृष्टे परावरे Bhidyate rudayagranti chidyante sarva samshaya This is a very beautiful verse, again from Munda Nishal, which describes the, the result of the knowledge. Bhidyate rudayagranti Granthi. Granthi means a knot. Granthi means a knot. So when you tie two things, that is called granti. Rudayagranti. Rudayagranti means a heart. Rudayagranti, the knot of the heart. Vidya is broken asunder is cut asunder. This knot of the heart is cut asunder. <coughs> what is this knot of the heart? Rudhay Grantihi. Ahankaraha. What we call ahankaraha. This notion of ego itself is Rudaya Grantihi. Chitjarat so Mgatwad Grandtihi Ruddrantihi. See this ahankaraha? Or I am so and so is called granthi. It's called a knot. What is a knot? That which ties two things together. That's a knot where two things are tied together. Two separate things. What is ahankara? Ahankara is granthi or a knot where two separate independent entities are tied together. Chit jada granthi. Chit meaning the self and jada the inner is the sukwadhi. So chit and jara. Self is consciousness and upad that is is jara or inert, both of them are tied together. Which tying is not possible. As Bhagavad Gita says, Purusha Prakrutishvahi, bhunte Prakriti Jan Gunan. This Purusha who is tied with the Prakriti. How can the Purusha and Prakriti ever be tied together? Because they are altogether of a different degree of reality. Just as space cannot be tied with a part. You can tie a part with a rope, you know. So rope can be tied to a part. But space cannot be tied to a part. Can, is it possible for the space to tie itself to the part? No, because space is, is, is settled as in the part. And therefore, the tying or the knot is not possible. And still, suppose a knot happens. The only way that the space can be tied to the part and space becomes limited to the part is by the notion that I am the part. And so it is a notional time. Similarly also the self cannot be tied with the non-self because it is subtle and all-pervasive. It is not confined. No walls can confine the space. And so also no body or the mind can ever confine the self. So self is never confined. And still there is a feeling that I am confined to this body. I am confined to the mind. I am as big or as small or as much as the body is, as much as the mind is. So I am the body, I am the mind, I am the intellect. This is what is the tying between I and the body. So this tying on the knot is purely a product of this ignorance. This is what we call notion or ahankara. So granti, granthi means a knot between the self and the non-self. The product of this is what we call ahankara or the ego. We say that it is a mitya entity. Pain or samsara is not in the self because it is ever free. The samsara is not in the non-self also because it is inert. So who is suffering from samsara? It is ego which is a product of the tying or the knot of the self and the non-self. Ahankara. granti hi granti This ahankara has two elements. One element is consciousness. Other element is inert. When I say that I am a man, let us say, then two elements are, general, I am and man, I am happy, I am unhappy. In any statement that I make about myself, now this is a judgment or let us say a notion about myself, I am happy or I am unhappy, fine. You see in this particular statement, this is a statement where I and happy, both of them are in the same locus. This is a expression of, this is, you know, a, a, an application of what we call Samanadhikaranyam, meaning when two separate words having separate meanings are in the same locus. So, I am happy or I am unhappy. That I am happy or unhappy, both are in the same adhikaranam, meaning that they refer to the same entity. Now, what is happy? The mind is happy. And what is I? The self, conscious self is I. What is mine? Mind is inert. And what is I? Consciousness. So both of these which are altogether entities of separate reality like myself and my reflection. And similarly also, when I say I am happy, the I which is self and happy which is mind are automatically joined because Both of them are placed in what we call Samanadhi Karanyam, meaning both of them refer to the same entity. And this is called identification with the mind, from which arises the notion, I am happy, I am unhappy, I am tall, I am short, and whatever, I am a doer, I am an enjoyer, I am successful, I am not. All of these notions about myself is what we call Ahankaram. In which there are two elements, the I, which is the self, and happy, the non-self. I, the self, unhappy, the non-self. I, the self, man, woman, tall, short, etc. All of these are non-self. So, self and non-self are tied together in this particular notion called a hankara, I am happy, I am unhappy, I am doer, I am non-doer. <coughs> This is Granthi. You can see the Granthi. You can see how two all together by di- different entities are tied together. When we make a statement, I am happy or I am unhappy. This is ahankara. It is called Chit Jara Granthi. It is a knot between Chit and Jara. Between the self and non-self. This is a Granthi. <coughs> so Bhidya Granthi. It is this Granthi. This knot called ahankara Vidyade, is cut asunder. How is it cut asunder? By what we call Viveka or the discrimination. What discrimination? Discrimination between the self and the non-self. To recognize that I am is a self and happy is the mind of the non-self. I am is the self and man is the body, the non-self. And when one clearly sees the distinction Then no more that granthi happens. Then even if a wise man says, "I came, I went, I ate, I drank, I did, etc.", that is what we call, as we will discuss subsequently, badhita vruttihi. Then one recognizes that this is a role. It is like an actor knowing that this is a role. The self assuming or you know performing the role of a man or woman or happy or unhappy is one thing and the self taking himself as man, woman, not happy, unhappy is another thing. So imagine an actor identifying with the role, then the separation is lost. As long as the actor remembers, actor is aware of his identity, so long there are two separate entities, the actor and the role, but when he forgets that, and identifies with the role, then the two entities become one, there is only a beggar. That's how the actor and the role have joined together, that is what we call a knot. And what has made them join together or tied together? Just the ignorance or the identification the role. So this identification is really, is what connects as though this two self and the non-self. And that's why it's called Rudayagranthi, the knot of the heart. Why knot of his heart? Heart is this, this thinking faculty which is where these notions are. So it is said to be the knot of the heart. And there is cut And from that, of course, arises all the various complexes. From there, doer, enjoyer, happy, unhappy, sad, successful, failure, honored, dishonored, all of these notions are nothing but manifestations of ahankara. All these complexes are gone when I realize I, to be what I am, so, Bhidyate Rude this knot of the heart, it is cut ascender. Although in Upanishad when Shankaracharya explains this mantra, he says that the Rude or the knot in the heart is to be understood as karma or the desire. Then it is a desire that goes away as a result of the knowledge. Atmaniyava, Atmana tustah. When one discovers a tushti or a total satisfaction within oneself, then there is no scope of desire. So the knowledge enables me to see the self as a complete being. And therefore, I discover the total satisfaction with my own self. And therefore, I discover a total satisfaction with everything. And thus, there is only total satisfaction all along. There is no scope of desire. And therefore, the desire also automatically drops off in the wake of the knowledge of the self. So desire is a first tangible expression of ignorance. Ignorance is not a tangible entity. But how do you know that ignorance is? We recognize the existence of ignorance from its product, namely the desire. Of course, ahankara, this notion of I am so and so is the immediate product of ignorance and from that arises also this desire to become free. As you say, moment I find myself bound, there is going to be an immediate desire to be free, to be released. And all the desires are nothing but the manifestations of this fundamental desire of becoming free. The desire is to become free or remain free. So the desire of the karma is the immediate tangible product of what we call ignorance. So Shankaracharya explains that it is karma or the ignorance that goes away when the knowledge takes place naturally. So Hudeg Granthi or the not in the heart is explained as the desire because desires occur in the heart, desires occur in our mind and one becomes free from that. As long as there is desire, there cannot be freedom because desire itself is an expression of my inadequacy. So, desire goes away. chidyante <coughs> sarva Then, all these doubts, samsayaha, all the doubts also go away. What are the doubts? Doubts are, what is the name? Who am I? What's the nature of the self? All these different doubts are there, you know. Dehādiyatirikto Atma, bhavati bhavati-navāyati There may be doubts in the beginning. Is there a self other than the body or not? As Nachiketa asks Yamarāja in Kathopaniṣad Yeyamprete vichikitsa-manushe asthityeke nāyam asthityeke This vichikitsa, the doubt is there among the, even the learned people, asti iti yeke, some people say that there is a self beyond this body, nāyam asti iti there are others who say that there is nothing other than the body. So this and all the doubts that arise from this, asva brahmātma vijnanāt moksha bhavet nava, or one may say, will there be moksha, of the liberation by knowledge, or do you have to have something? As Panchavashikara was discussing, How do you say that the man is wise or is liberated? Should we not expect that he must have certain powers? That great sages such as Vyasa and Vasistha, they were able to, they manifested powers of, you know, favoring somebody or cursing somebody. And various miracles they were able to perform, so is it not that when a person gains the wisdom that the person necessarily gains the ability to perform these miracles or or cursing somebody or blessing somebody? So we have all kinds of ideas about what is meant by liberation, what is meant by moksha. Because from different sources we hear different kinds of things. And mainly these this miracles, mind has such a fascination for the miracles that wherever it sees, immediately it falls for it. and therefore, Mind may have associated a variety of ideas with what we call liberation. Liberation may be associated with a place, going to a certain place, heavens, whatever. So doubts are there. What is this moksha? What is liberation? And what happens to the man who is liberated? Does he remain alive or not? And does he continue to function in the world or not? And various other doubts. How is it possible that Brahman can become Jeeva? How is it possible that Brahman can create this world? And whatever it is. When we experience the duality, how is it possible that there is non-duality? So all these various questions and doubts were there. All of these doubts also get dispelled. Says sarva samshryaha. In fact, there is a that says that these doubts constantly remain like the, like the flowing water of a river. Just as the water of the river keeps flowing constantly. So-so in our mind, in an ignorant mind, the doubts keep on constantly arising of one nature or the other. And these doubts are also completely dispelled in the week of the knowledge. That is true that knowledge of anything dispels the doubt of that thing. I may not know what is this flower. When I come to know what it is, well, whatever question or doubt I had is resolved. So all doubts are also solved. kshiyante chasya karmani asya karmani all his actions are also kshiyante all the actions are also exhausted and of course here also Shankaracharya discusses as we said there are three kinds of actions of which one kind of action is was mentioned in the earlier passage sanchita karma sanchita karma are the actions accumulated in the past there are others what we call agami karma or the karma the actions that are being performed in the present which will give result in the future. That is called Agami Karma, of which the results will come in the future. And third is Prarabdha Karma. Those actions which are very well um, already commenced to bear the fruit, Prarabdha Karma, as a result of which one has acquired this body and whatever. So these are the three actions. As a Kshiyante karmani, all these actions are exhausted, meaning One is no more under the influence of actions. As Lord Krishna says in Gita also, Just as a fire burns to ashes, the wood of any kind, and so also this fire of knowledge burns all the actions. So one is no more under the influence of action, or under the bondage of action. What bondage does action create? Bondage, action creates bondage in two ways. Number one, action gives rise to the result and one reacts to the result by being happy or unhappy. And that's how the chain for the new action is created. Or the action thus creates the karma phala and the new action. So either it creates a reaction as ragadvesha or it creates also a chain of further actions. So one becomes free from this chain of actions paravare. paravare When when one sees Brahma, which is the Atma, who is Nishprapanja, who is beyond the prapanja or totally devoid of the samsara. When one sees oneself as a samsari atma. Today I know myself as a samsari being who is subject to birth and death and whatever when I see the self as a samsari. Sakshat krate sadhi, drushte paravare tasmin means the seventh case of tat, tasmin in that, when that is seen, this is called satisaptami. So when something is done, the seventh case in gra- Sanskrit grammar also is employed to indicate the time, indicate an occurrence. Tashmintrashti when that one is seen. Which one? That meaning Brahma. When Brahma is seen. Brahma is seen as a self. What's the nature of Brahma? Paravare. Para and avara. Para means superior. Avare is inferior. So we can say para is superior. Superior is the cause. Avare is inferior. Inferior is the effect. So paravare. That is have the nature of cause and effect. Brahma is both cause and effect. In, interestingly, Brahma itself is karam, the cause of the creation and Brahma itself is Jagat, the effect. So Brahman which presents itself as both the cause and effect, when this is known or when both cause and effect are recognized to be Brahma, meaning the effect Jagat also is seen as Brahma and of course the cause of Jagat also is known as Brahma. So paravare duste, when one recognizes that both the para and the avara, the cause and effect, both of them are Brahman. Or sometimes para and avara is also understood as para is that the is exalted Ishvara and avara the inferior one the Jiva, when one recognizes that the Jiva and Ishvara both are one in as much as Brahman is the content of both Jiva and Ishvara. <coughs> And that's how one recognizes Brahman as a self, which is the self of all, paravare. Then, bhidyade, rudyegranti, when this knowledge takes place, all the doubts, all the knots of the heart are cut asunder. chidyande sarva all the doubts are dispelled. Shriande, chasya karmani. one becomes free from the effect of all the karma, meaning no more the karma is a bondage. No more one is to take any birth because of the Sanchita Karma or the Agami Karma so one totally becomes free from the effect of the Karma Tasmindhraste Paravarai The illustration that is given is one of a dreamer what is meant by becoming free from Sanchita Karma or the accumulated past actions is just as a dreamer may perform variety of actions in the dream and those actions will be good or bad so it's possible that in the dream I, I won a lottery and I became a millionaire but the next soon as I wake up I just don't have any effect at all. So good and bad actions performed in the dream have no effect at all upon the waker. So how when one wakes up from the dream one becomes totally free from all the actions that are obtained in the dream? Why is it so? Why is it the waker is not at all under influence of the actions performed by the dreamer? Because actions were performed by two separate persons. The one who wakes up is not the one who performed the actions. The interesting thing is, how do we become free from the dream effect? Because one who wakes up is not the one who performed actions in the dream. The dreamer is dead and gone. When one wakes up, the dreamer is gone. Dreamer is falsified. He is no more there as an entity. And similarly also, when one wakes up to one's that is how that's why sometimes we use the expression when one wakes up to one wakes up to one's nature. Yes, saakshat kurote pravodh samay swatman This is what Shankaracharya says in Dakshinamati Stotra. Yes, Sakshat kurote pravodh samay. Pravodh samay at the time of awakening. Yes, Sakshat kurote when one sees oneself realizes oneself. Meaning, when one sees oneself truly swatmanam advayam when one recognizes Swatmana, one's own self, which advayam, which is non dual So, in the realm of ignorance, there was all kinds of projection. Vishwam, thereupon, dushyamana, nagari, tulyam. This whole creation which is, which is false, comparable to a city, seen in a mirror. Nijan targatam, which whole universe is really within oneself. Vasyan Maya bahiravod bhutam yatha And still one sees the whole universe as separate from oneself. Why is it so? Because the self is merely confined to the body through a sense of individuality and therefore the whole universe is taken to be different from me. Just as in the dream also, the whole dream world that is projected is within me. And still while I'm dreaming, I think that the whole universe, the dream world is different from me. But when I wake up, I, the whole dream folds up into me, meaning I realize that the whole dream world is nothing but my own self. And similarly also, when I wake up to my true nature, Saksha meaning when I recognize my true nature, then I realize that I am not confined to this body or mind. I am the self of all and therefore nothing is apart from me. Then, swatmanam evadvam, when one sees that, then one recognizes that the one who performed the actions You know more I. Who performed those actions? The dreamer. Who is the dreamer? Is the ego is the dreamer. So right now, the ego, the ahankara, is the one who is dreamer. And he is performing all the actions. In the wake of the knowledge, that ahankara is falsified. Just as when I wake up, the dreamer is falsified. And therefore, no more what the dreamer did touches me at all. Similarly also, the ahankara is falsified in the wake of the knowledge. So what all ahankara did does not touch me, the self, at all. In that man, in that man it is said that all the sanchita karma or all the accumulated actions are are destroyed in the wake of knowledge. Or they are all burnt in the fire of knowledge. Because what can an action do? What can the past do to us? The past creates all kinds of Uh, further complexes and all kinds of uh, uh, reactions all kinds of uh, suffering that's what the past is doing what is meant by the bondage of action is the past doesn't go away the past very much influences the present that is called the effect of the karma what all I did in the past all comes back to me today in the form of various guilts, various hurts, various regrets or various elations. So this is how I am never really disconnected from the past. The present is very much connected to the past and as much as constant the present is, is colored by or is influenced by the past. And that is how I am a product of my past and I continue to remain a product of my past. In this manner, karma means a past and thus the past in fact affects the present. And so long I can never be free because what good and bad all I did is very much weighing upon me right now. So becoming free from the karma is when the past has no effect upon the present. There's no connection that I have with the past. I realize that the one who did all that is not I, that is the ignorant person who did it. It's ego who did it. Out of ignorance and I'm not that and therefore those actions have nothing to do with me. <coughs> Just as when I wake up in the morning, what do I think of the actions performed by the dreamer? Suppose in the dream you did something which is what you would not do in the waking state. Suppose you perform an action which is unbecoming of you in the dream, Do you take any responsibility for it when you wake up? You realize that I am not that. And how the dreamer's actions do not in any way touch the waker? And that is what we mean by freedom from action. It is not that the action is physically destroyed, as Shankaracharya says, that the action loses the capability of bearing any fruit. A seed, when normally it is sown in the ground, and then it results into a sprout. But when you roast that seed, then the seed loses the capacity, ability to germinate. Seed is not destroyed, but the ability of the seed to germinate is destroyed on account of roasting it. And similarly also karma of the actions are not destroyed in swarupataya, in physically, but the ability of the karma to sprout into an effect upon me is gone. So karma may get dispersed in the whole universe, who knows? But they no more have any effect upon me. They do not make me happy or unhappy. Because the karta, the doer, the agent who performs the action, is no more there. He is falsified. In this manner it is said that all the Sanchita karmas have have no effect upon the wise man. And we'll see subsequently how the other karmas also do not have an effect. What we call agami karma also do not have an effect. What is agami karma? The actions performed now. It's called also kriyamana karma. Kriyamana karma means an action that is being performed now. So how about, all right, all the past actions have no effect upon the wise man. How about the actions that the wise man is performing now? You say that he's alive, his body continues to remain. Then, so never. He continues to perform the action. Naturally, when the action is performed, then one has to bear the result. Therefore, na bhuktang shiya karma, it is said. That a karma or action can never get exhausted unless it's effective experience. So, how are the actions performed by the wise man now? That is called agami karma. Doesn't that have an effect upon him? So, when we perform the actions, Today, they all get accumulated in the sanchita karma. What about the wise man? He says, no, because he really does not perform the action. That will be the subject matter of the next passage. How while performing actions? In fact, he does not perform the action. That's the idea. <coughs> in that manner, it said, she and Deja, asya karmani. All his karma of actions are all exhausted, meaning... They are no more capable of having any influence upon him. This is called freedom. So freedom is from what? Mundakopanishad describes the freedom of wise man in these three manners. One is Vhindyade Krantihi. One becomes free from all the complexes, which is what we call ahankara. Ahankara, ego is nothing but this whole host of all these various complexes. All the various doubts that keep on unsettling my mind, there is another effect of the bondage. The karma, the, perpetuates the chain of the karma and the karma of and the birth and death, there is another form of bondage. So, when you say man is free, he is free from all these effects of this bondage, he is called jivan muktaham. <coughs> And not only this is the Shruti, it is Srutehe or Ithishutescha. Is is and then there are many other statements of Shruti which describe the Jeevan Mukta. For example, Ishavasi Upanishad. yastu to Sarvani Bhutani, Atman Nivanupashadi, Saravhhute Atmanam Tatavana Vijigupsate. Says Ishavasi Upanishad about when describing a wise man, Yastu Sarvani Bhutani. Ātmaniva anupashyati The one who sees all the beings in the self. Sarabhute Ātmanam And see the self in all the beings. He sees that, I am all this. He sees all the beings, as not apart from him. And he sees himself, his own self, as all the beings. In which case, that is, that is what is meant by saying that there is no duality anymore. Even though there is an apparent separation at the level of body or at the level of mind, the wise man know, knows that, there is no essential separation at all. There is no separation of the spirit. And therefore, one who sees the same spirit, the same self, everywhere, Sarvāṇi bhūtāṇi ātman yana sarvabhūte ātmanam, sees all the beings in the self and the self in all the beings. Natato <speaking in foreign language> Then, there is no jugupsa in him. There's no aversion in him, there's no hatred in him, there's no dislike in him at all. He becomes free from this, from this ragadvesha, which are the products of ignorance. So there the freedom is freedom from Jugupsa. Jugupsa means an aversion that I have for other things, a dislike or a hatred that I may have for things which are not, you know, uh, which, which are not in accordance with my own demands. Wise man becomes free from that. Or Sarvani Bhutani Moha kashokha, Ekatvam The second mantra Vishavasivanishat says Yasmin Sarvani Bhutani When all these beings became one what we all considered as separate beings so far, now all of them have become one, meaning one recognizes that it is one self alone. Ekatvam <inaudible> anupashyatah. And thus for the one, seeing ekatvam or the non-dival. Komoaha kashyogaha. Where is delusion and where is grief? Another expression of bondage. That grief, shoka, which causes also the delusion of the mind. When the mind is grieving, then the mind loses also its the sense of judgment and discrimination. So then there is what we call moha or delusion. This grief and delusion are also, say, to other expressions of bondage, which become the subject matter of Bhagavad Gita, because Arjuna is presented as the one who is grieving and one who is totally confused or deluded with reference to the present situation. <coughs> so this is how Isha Vasthe Upanishad also talks about the Jivan Mukta, the man liberated while living, that he is free from the shoka and moha, grief and delusion. Of course, Bhagavad Gita also says, as we discussed, as we said earlier, just as the fire burns all the firewood, so also the knowledge burns all the effects of action. And Lord Krishna nicely says in Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna, sevaya gnanam, ha, here you we go to these wise people enlightened people and seek knowledge from them and they will definitely impart the knowledge to you when you approach them in this manner pranipatena approach them with a long prostration paripraśnena with the right questions Sevaya and serving them. Thus when you will please the wise person. In this manner, Upadekshandy Vegnanam, Gnani nahan, Tatvudashinaha. Those jnanis are wise and the seeing people will enlighten people will definitely give you this knowledge. What will happen when I gain the knowledge? Yajnatvana Punarmoham Ivam Pandava. Hey Pandava, hey Arjuna, gaining which knowledge? You'll never come to this kind of a delusion. You'll never come to this grief and delusion which you're having right now. And that is the result of the knowledge described in Gita. <coughs> and whatever. So there are any number of statements about what we call the uh, Jivan mukta Of course there are people who question this whole idea of Jivan Mukti. Because there are many uh, philosophies... Or the views of life wherein it is believed that the liberation comes only after death. There cannot be liberation while one is alive because why should one remain alive? The purpose of life has already been fulfilled when the moksha comes. So many people believe that there cannot be a liberated person alive. So is says, no, no, Upanishads talk about this in several places. Tasya Tava this, ph- ph- this statement of the Chandogya Upanishad 6th chapter is very famous. Tasya Devacharam Yavanda When one gains the wisdom, then still he has to wait up to a certain point before he gets completely liberated, meaning completely becoming one, merging into self. There's still little barrier that remains as though apparently separating him from, the self, from Brahma, and that is this body. So long he has to wait Yavanda Vimokse until he doesn't get liberated from this body. Atasampatse When the Prarabdha is exhausted and the body also is no more there then even the final little barrier also is gone. So Chandogya Upanishad says that as long as the body is there so long the wise man also waits as though to, be, to completely merge into himself. Meaning that there is a wise man with the body, Jivan And of course Bhagavad Gita describes Jivan Mukta in, in the section called Siddha the man of wisdom in the fourteenth chapter in called Gunatita, the one who has transcended the Gunas, and so in Bhagavad Gita all along we find the description of a wise man. So there is an entity called a wise man who is Jivan Muktaha, meaning who is liberated even while living. And such an entity is there, for which there is evidence in all the scriptures. And he is free, he is, called, he is free from what? From shoka and moha, from ruday granthi, from samshaya, from karma, from all these which are expressions of bondage, he has become free. <coughs> so this is the lakshana, or the characteristic of wise man, who is free. Free from doubts, Free from errors, free from ignorance, free from notions, free from grief, free from attachments, free from aversions, and this is what we call the freedom, and and that is the wise man, Jivan Mukta. Okay. Om Pur Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vasisyade Om shanti, shanti, shanti Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Vadrayanam Sutrabhashya Krutauvande Bhagavanta Upunapunaha Ishvaro Gururatme Dev Murti Bhedavibhagine Vyoma Vadyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murthaye Namaha Om Shanteshanteshanthe Hari Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha how hey, um.